Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello there and welcome to 1865. And this is our match report from the Carabao Cup game away at Blackburn Rovers. And I am your host, Rich Ferraro. Um, in a few minutes, we'll be hearing from a Blackburn fan and we'll be hearing from a Reds fan who is at the match. But before we do that, let's have a look at the team news. So it, the expectation was that it would be Forrest who put out more of a reserve team. But in fact, it was Blackburn who made a number of changes to their lineup. And uh, Forrest actually went with more or less a first team, I would say. So they had Henderson in goal, Williams and Toffolo at fullback, Worrell and Bolly at centre-half. They had Froehler holding the midfield with Ryan Yates and Oral Mangala. And then Taiwo Awanyi was flanked by Brennan Johnson and Jesse Lingard. Now, before we go any further with our match analysis, let's hear what a Blackburn fan had to say about what turned out to be a thumping victory for the Reds. Hi, it's Dan from the Rovers Chat YouTube channel, website, Twitter account everything really, covering everything Blackburn Rovers. I just wanted to sit down to discuss the match, uh, discuss who I thought in press and talking points from it really. I think I sit there and the overriding feeling is outclassed and I don't think that's anything to be disappointed by in terms of Rovers, uh, Rovers position. You know, we go one down early on from a penalty and I feel like I kind of worried that it might go 2 or 3 nil straight away and then, you know, we kind of sat there for 45 minutes without anything to watch, but Rovers kind of held out and then got back into it before the break. And as a Rovers fan, you know, in a lot, in the league lower with a weakened team, you kind of sit there and think, maybe we can nick this if we bring a Brereton on a Dak on, you know, keep it at 1-1, but we concede early and that kind of opens the gates of Rovers having to go for it. And I know it sounds like so great when anyone ever mentions the referee. I know it does if I watch a reaction or listen to a reaction afterwards, but... I felt like the third goal really should have been a foul on Dolan, but you go up, you score, uh, and then Rovers try and attack and we concede again. I don't think we've, as a Rovers fan, I can't come away from that and be annoyed. I think we've been beaten by a better side with better players in it. Uh, I think we've been honestly beaten, and that's what you expect. You know, we got through West Ham in the last round, and 
we thought maybe we can do the same to you this round. Your team were a bit stronger than I expected, but I think it kind of showed. Brennan Johnson, who we know he's better than the Championship, and he's kind of shown that again tonight. And then Jesse Lingard, who's a better player than the Championship. Uh, I'll always butcher his name up front. Awani, you know, better than Championship. I know he didn't really do too much, but he's better. Lewis O'Brien, Toffolo, all these players that are easily good enough for a Championship side, and it easily fit in our side. And at the end of the day, I'm not worried about it. I'm not disappointed. For Forest, I hope they go as far as they can. I think there's some good sides in there to face. I think if you avoid Newcastle, Man United, and then the winner of City and Liverpool, you've got a serious chance at a semi-final. And who knows what can happen over two legs in that. You've, got, you've a chance of going for it this year. And I think for a club of your position this year, you know, relatively... I hope I'm not speaking out of turn if I say relegation is what you want to avoid and that's it. If you finish 17th, uh, you don't really care. And that's kind of, this is your tournament to go and win, isn't it? And your tournament to go and do something in. So I wish you all the best of luck with that. You know, fan of Forest, much better than some of the other clubs in the Prem. So I hope you go and stay up and I hope, you know, you come back to be the club you once was. But thanks for watching. If you want to check out anything from Robstart, we put out a reaction uh, we'll be putting some play ratings out. Just find Roverstart on YouTube, uh, Roverstart underscore on Twitter, Roverstart on Facebook. Just search Roverstart, you'll find us. But thank you to everyone and good luck for the season. Okay, thank you very much, Dan. And uh, thank you also to Rovers Chat for having me on for the match preview as well. Now, uh, we have had a slight sickness issue at 1865 Towers and we were expecting to have Tom attending the match and uh, doing this match report. Um, so, as you can tell, he's not here, but we are delighted to be joined by our super sub, Forest fan and football writer, George Edwards. Hi there, George. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, um, so George, let's just start off with a couple of things that Dan mentioned and that we've already alluded to. The team news. How surprised were you, firstly, that Forrest put out quite a strong team and secondly, that Blackburn actually made quite a lot of changes? If I'm honest, I, I expected the Blackburn changes because they're in the midst of a season. Um, obviously, they beat Norwich at the weekend, which was a really good win for them. So I was expecting quite a few changes, maybe not 11 like they made, but I wasn't expecting a reasonably strong Blackburn team. But Maybe I was quite happy, actually, to see Forrest play a good team because it was almost treated as a sort of friendly because if we'd have lost, I don't think there'd have been that many two despondent fans. But obviously playing Valencia and teams like that, it's it's not really a gauge. So playing against a team that's that's had championship games week in, week out over the last sort of two weeks, I think it was a really good game to have. So I do like that Cooper played a, a relatively strong team, only four changes from our last game. Um, so, yeah, I think it was really good to see that those players play. And I think if that team played against United, there wouldn't be that many uh, fans disappointed. So I think it was a good move from Cooper and they did, got the job done in the end. Well, yeah. So um, so it's, it's worth pointing out, I suppose, that Forrest did take a relatively early lead, as Dan mentioned there. And, and of course, in a game like this, away from home against, you know, let's be honest, it is a potential banana skin, as you said. I don't yeah. think... I don't think too many people would have been that surprised if Forrest had gone in half cocked. But then, yeah. as I'd said in the match preview with with Rovers chat, Forrest also wants to use the cup as a bit of a springboard. We did the Tottenham match in the last round acted as that. The FA Cup run last season really helped us along with our promotion push. So in that respect, 
getting an early lead is what you want. And it was a penalty by Brennan Johnson, um, which Johnson himself had won. Oh, no, Lingard had won, hadn't he? It was Johnson, actually, I think, that won that. Um, it okay. was Friday, Friday knocked him through and then Johnson, uh, he skipped past one challenge and then uh, as he fell into the second challenge, I think it was Wharton mm-hmm. who brought him down and it was quite a clear penalty. It was a nice move, actually, because we'd, we'd been on top over the, in the opening stages, particularly down Johnson's side. Um, so it was good that um, he was getting involved and getting in there. It was really being a very direct. So and he obviously had the chance with the penalty to to put his early involvement into a goal, which he did perfectly, sending the goalkeeper the wrong way. Yeah, and and not only that, the other thing I would say that I think is a is the type of penalty I don't think we've seen Johnson take because he hit it yeah. across his own body to to the left of the goal as you look at it. And yeah. generally, he's I mean we've seen him once well and once really badly go up the middle um yeah. we've also seen him put the ball to the other side so um for him to hit across it it's good to know that he's adding new strings to his bow because obviously um especially in the premier league we're not going to get penalties often enough to be able to afford to waste them when we yeah. do so it's good to know that he's been practicing yeah yeah exactly especially that wolves game where that's the penalty we've had in and that we missed that he missed um and he went to that right side so i think it's good that he's got the the, the mental strength to carry on taking penalties and that's only going to build him more as a footballer, isn't it? Yeah. And now you mentioned that a lot of the play was going down that side. Um, in Before the World Cup, Baz and I had said that the likes of Brennan and Nico Williams and maybe even Freuler, um, they're going to go to the World Cup and whatever happens to their nations, they're going to come back going, well, that was a great experience. I'm going to be raring to go for the rest of the season. Whereas if you're a team full of England players, then they're going to come back disappointed and a bit, and a bit tired. Um, yeah. Did it look like... I mean, it sounds as if Brennan in particular, he had, he'd come back fired up, ready to go. Yeah, a lot of them. I think, obviously, because they're not, they're not straight backs, they've had quite a few weeks, maybe had a week off or something, and then to get into it, especially, I think Nico put in a brilliant performance, given what he's had to go through, being in Qatar when all that happened for him. So he was uh, he was magnificent last night, and to put a performance in like that is, is top class from him. But yeah, Freuler, uh, he, he was in, in the midfield, he, he went a bit missing at times, which he often does, but... He was sort of in there defensively as well as a sort of shield for the defence. He did well. So those three did look particularly fresh. Um, it was just interesting that Hennessy wasn't on the bench. That was the one thing I picked up on, mm-hmm. especially with United coming at the weekend. So um, yeah. I'm just wondering what's happening there. Well, there's there's two schools of thought, isn't there? Well, yeah. maybe three. So one is that he was unavailable for whatever reason. Two is that um, Forrest have rested him to keep him fresh for United. Or yeah. three is that um, I guess that... Forrest um, could have put him in to give him a bit of practice before United um, and and they chose not to for whatever reason. So, uh, I mean, we've not heard anything about him being injured or unavailable for whatever reason. So we have to assume it's a case of let's keep him, wrap him in cotton wool because we're going to need him at Old Trafford. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that if he wasn't involved, he'd have probably wanted Jordan Smith to have a few minutes to to warm him up. So Mm. it probably is that, that, um, that reason, I'd say. Yeah, okay. Now, worth pointing out, Forrest were 1-0 up, um, and they really, really should have gone maybe three, maybe even four goals up in that first half, shouldn't they? Yeah, big time, particularly one year. He had quite a few chances. Um, coming off that right-hand side, again, Johnson, he had one himself early on um, as he as he got past the back line and hit the hit the touch line, and the keeper made a good save. But then he was getting some brilliant balls into our one year. I think it was midway through the half, one year had his best chance. It was cut back from Johnson, and then I want you was sort of 
I've not seen a replay of it, but I think it was about eight or nine yards out and he just sliced it, going towards the bottom left corner and it just went wide. I think Lingard was sliding in as well and he couldn't get to it. But that one you had, I think he had um, six shots in total in the end and obviously we'll come to the fact he scored in the end. Mm. But um, by the time that half-time came around, Forrest should have been at, at least three or four up. So, But in football, if you don't take your chances, then you pay, you get paid. Well, and, and, and we did, didn't we? Because Blackburn had not really looked like scoring at all, and then they did. So yeah. <laughs> talk us through that. Yeah, well, it was interesting because they got a free kick on the left wing and, and around me, I, I was thinking it's not a free kick. It looked like Williams just got a foot on the ball, got a good tackle out for a throw-in and the referee gave a, a free kick to Blackburn. I know the Blackburn fan wasn't too pleased with him in the second half, but I was a bit confused as to, as to where that came around because it looked like a decent challenge. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, Interesting because they had two brothers playing. I think it was Adam Wharton and Scott Wharton. Mm-hmm. So uh, they combined for that goal. It was whipped in on the touchline, left-hand side from uh, Adam. And then the centre-back who fouled, War- fouled uh, Johnson, sorry, for the penalty, mm-hmm. he got ahead of Warrell. And, I mean, Warrell, I think, needs to work on his marking because there's a few times that his uh, yeah. players maybe nip, nip past him at the near post. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what he did. He just got away from Warrell, a bit more pace headed it in at the near post. Maybe Henderson could have done a bit better, but it came at him quickly. And um, yeah, just before the break, I think that's a decent time to concede. I know people say, some people think it's a good time to score, but I think you've only got a couple of minutes left and then you can get in, clear your heads and reset for the second half. So I think it's what we needed as well because we couldn't afford to start being complacent and thinking we'd won the game. So it was good to have that, that sort of kick up the backside and make sure we were still working in the second half. Yeah, interesting you say that. We'll come back to to Steve Cooper later on, but he did make a point in his post-match interview of saying, basically he had to give him a bit of a kick up the backside um, at at half-time. The 1865 Match Report. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Blackburn did try to to capitalise upon their goal, which was, as you say, just before half time. They tried to capitalise that in the first few minutes of the second half. And, you know, Forest had to, had to defend at that point, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Blackburn came out um, a lot with a bit of confidence. And from that goal, I think it's half time came at a good time for Forest, like you say. So Steve could um, could step in and give the players some advice. But... I think Forrest handled it pretty well. Um, they didn't really have many shots, even though they had a few possession, a lot, quite a lot of possession in the opening sort of five minutes of the half. They didn't really make any goal scoring opportunities. Um, and I think Forrest coped with it well, like I say. Um, and from from their defending and their resilient defending, they, they counter-attacked them. And, and that's where their third goal came just after half time, their second goal, sorry, uh, as they went mm. back into the lead. Um, yeah, but because... I think they coped with that storm pretty well. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, as as football fans, what we do is we say, "Well, we should have we should have had a three or four goal lead." Yeah, we let the opponents equalise, and then you know your brain goes into overdrive, thinking we're typical Forest. We're going to throw yeah. this away. So Lingard on the break, that man Scott Wharton once again involved, and again 
I've seen not just Dan, but I've seen a few Blackburn fans on Twitter saying, well, the decisions, all the 50-50s went, went Forrest's way. Um, I've not seen it, but it sounds like Scott Walton was a very lucky man to stay on the pitch. Yeah, so particularly for, for not being booked for the penalty incident, um, mm-hmm. it, it was pretty lucky, to be fair, because it was a very similar situation. It was just outside the box. Lingard was sent through, I think, by Freuler or someone on the right, Williams maybe, from halfway. And he, he did a brilliant run towards the edge of the box. And you could see it all day long that he was going to get brought down. They weren't going to let him run any further. So mm-hmm. I think three or four of them tried to put some challenges in. And in the end, he was brought down by Wharton. Um, he looked like the last man. I think maybe they had a man on the cover because I was directly behind the goal, so as all the mm-hmm. Forest fans were. So I think there might have been a man on the cover. Um, and it did. It, it looks like a... It, it, I don't think he was trying to get the ball really but it wasn't a high or a rash challenge so mm-hmm. I would say it was probably the right decision to give a uh, a yellow card not a red because I think that would have ruined the game anyway mm-hmm. I think it was it was a good test for Forrest to be against 11 players that are decent championship level so I think mm-hmm. it was probably the right decision from the referee there uh, and you are the first person I've heard who's who, of a red persuasion who said <laughs> that uh, Steve Hodge on the radio was going a bit crazy about it but <laughs> He also said that justice was done because Nico yeah. rolled the free kick to uh, to the side. Uh, Jesse Lingard ran onto it. And something that is basically like a game of pinball. It took a double deflection, one off the wall, one off the man tried to cover behind. And um, Ainsley Pears was never going to get there, despite having yeah. have, having a very good night at the office. Yeah. Pears just couldn't stop that one, could he? No, I, th- I think I was surprised, actually, because I, I didn't see, I saw it. It, it flipped aside to, to Lingard and then the wall was in the way and then suddenly it was trickling <laughs> in the net next to me. I was thinking, eh? Um, but I think it was clear there was a deflection on there and, and obviously it was a very kind deflection because it was sort of the one place there was no defenders, there was no goalkeeper because he'd already seen the direction the free kick was going. Mm. So, uh, and obviously Lingard then had a little dance as he, as he likes to do. Give him well, yeah. Him. I was going to say this because uh, there's a few Forest fans saying, oh, Scott Wharton's kind of uh, overdone his celebration by trying <laughs> to shush the crowd. And yeah. I'm going, you can't say that when Jesse Lingard's giving it the full beans yeah. for scoring a double deflection. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, you can have it one way or the other, can't you? I mean, uh, it's a bit like Brazil in the World Cup, innit? You either like it or you don't. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't mind it personally, but, you know, we'll take yeah. it. And and really, that put Forrest pretty much in control, didn't it? Yeah. They they controlled the game. So the next incident of note was actually pretty much. So actually, I should I should just point out that you know obviously subs started being made. Um, O'Brien came on for Mangala on sixty three minutes. Um, Blackburn uh, made a couple of subs as well on 70, 72, 73 minutes. In fact, they made a triple sub. So they were trying to kind of um, do what they could to get back into the match at 2-1. So Forrest really needed the third goal. And what I really like about it is that uh, Toff crosses a halfway line, gives it to Lingard, who's out on the left-hand side. And Lingard is basically a blind pass, isn't it? Mm. But Taiwo Awani was able to uh, to run onto it in the box, turn inside, um, cut inside, and and then um, sent it past uh, Ainsley Pears in the goal. So yeah, Taiwo might have needed six chances to get his goal, but when he did, it was quite yeah. a goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. A, it was a brilliant finish from him, to be fair. And and as soon as he turned the fender, rolled him on the floor, it looked like he was going to score. And he just had to round it off, really. I think Lingard, though, on Lingard, it was. I think it was the perfect game for him because mm-hmm. he needs he needs time and space on the ball, and he needs runners, and he had that all the time. I mean, when he got the ball from Toffolo, he looked around him. There wasn't many players mm-hmm. around him, and there was no one within five yards of him. So he had time to to touch and then play it through to a one year. 
who ran mm. into it. And I hope this this confident player, Lingard, obviously towards the back end of um, the few games we had before the break and now, I hope this this really confident and exuberant player, Lingard, can carry on because it's only a good thing if, if it carries on like this, especially with Scarpa coming in and providing the, the competition for places. It's only a good thing, really. Yeah, yeah. No, and as we've said many, many times, and and our regular listeners are probably fed up of me saying Jesse Lingard wants to be playing with a smile on his face. That's when you get yeah. the best out of him. So, so just right at the death, Brennan Johnson got his second goal. It was a bit of a Brennan Johnson special, really, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and what a way to round off the night because we should have been four four nil up, four one up at half time. So to get four goals and to round off the game like that was was a pretty good feeling, I'm sure. Yeah, it was brilliant, and it was just a feeling of relief in the crowd because I think it four one. I don't. I think it was a, a very fair reflection of the match and that fourth goal. It was always coming. It was Surridge who laid it beautifully for him. I really love Sam Surridge. He's my favourite player. I just want to yeah. say I love Sam Surridge. Um, and but it was a brilliant pass from me. He received it, played it through to Johnson, and it was such an excellent finish. He got the ball on the right hand side of the box, and he had one thing in his mind: across the goalkeeper, low and powerful. And he slotted it right there. You couldn't have asked for anything more from him. It was such a confident performance throughout the 90 minutes. And he definitely deserved that second goal. And the perfect knee slide as well to finish it off right against <laughs> the Forest fans. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, one one criticism that you can lay at, at Brennan's door is that he um, he sometimes makes the wrong decision, doesn't he? Sometimes yeah. he shoots when he should be crossing and, and, and vice versa. But at the same time, I always say that with forwards, you don't want to take, you don't want to take that away from them. You want them to be having a go, even if they get it wrong sometimes, because yeah. it means that they'll be doubly determined to make it work, even if it is, you know, stoppage time when you've already won the game. Yes, exactly. And and in the few minutes left, he, when he did that shot into the keeper and he saved it, from that minute on, it suddenly had his head up and was looking in the middle. So mm-hmm. I think that opened his eyes, really. And it was definitely the right decision to shoot there. Um, and it's one of the best games I've seen him have, really, because he's mm. never... In a few games this season, he's been involved, but just a few little flashes. Whereas today, that game, sorry, yesterday, he had some, he had loads of touches. He was really not just going long for the ball, but coming short, getting it off the midfielders and then running down the line. There was once, actually, Blackburn were all right in the press and the press was right into the corner. Henderson just booted it up, up the fields and it looked like it was going out. Johnson had one arm on his man, stood on the halfway line, brought it down brilliantly and just sprinted past him. And I was like... There's, there's such a good player in there and I just hope that he can get involved more and show that more and yeah. then who knows where he can go. Yeah, and worth pointing out as well that Blackburn had taken off their left-back at half-time yeah. because that's a sign of how much Brennan was terrible. So obviously the Premier League is more difficult, but yeah. it, just like with Lingard, he, he'll he get his confidence up and that'll give him a bit of belief, I think. Yeah. So, so it finished 4-1 to the Reds. Steve Cooper did say afterwards there were bits of the performance he didn't like. The result was good, but we should have been out of sight after 15 or 20 minutes. Um, we should have been more ruthless and aggressive with our play. I never felt like we did not control the game, but I did not like our decision making after that first goal. However, he also said Brennan was a threat, right threat today. It was only a matter of time before he was creating and scoring again. He took the penalty really well and looked clinical. Overall, it's a job well done and there's loads of positives, but some bits I didn't like as well. So as always, Steve Cooper being very, very honest um, with his appraisal of the game. Now, I'm just going to leave the game to one side um, for 
uh, the last part of, of our podcast today, because there was also some news coming out of Forest this morning, um, which is that they are going to have a name on the front of the shirt from New Year's Day onwards. They've announced a partnership with the UNHCR, which is the UN's refugee agency that will see the charity's logo appear on, on the front of the shirts from the Chelsea game and for the rest of the season. They've also backed that up with a financial donation. Um Evangelos Maranakis um, has supported the United Nations and UNICEF before via his ownership of Olympiakos. And he said, um, we're delighted that for remainder of the season, we'll use the front of the famous Nottingham Forest shirt to tell such an important story. It'll be an honour to display their name in support of this important cause. And I hope fans of Nottingham Forest will also be proud we've chosen to highlight the work of UNHCR for the remainder of the season, in addition to the local causes our community trust supports. This comes at a time when the world faces enormous challenges in helping the most vulnerable people in society. Now, I don't know about you, George, but I'm immensely proud that Forest, sure, I'm sure at the start of the season, they'd have wanted a £10 million commercial sponsor. That's not going to happen. So what have they chosen to do? They've chosen to give the front of the shirt over to a good cause. And that makes me really, really proud to be a Red. What about you? Yeah, it's a fabulous thing that the club have done. And it shows just the positive energy and the vibe that's going around the whole city, really, at the minute. Uh, we've done it before, obviously. We had, I think we've had some local charities on there before. But with the, the exposure that the Premier League has around the world, and this is obviously a worldwide brand and a worldwide campaign. So it's going to it's going to reach to every corner of the globe. So especially with everything that's going on in the UK at the minute with refugees and things like that, I think it's a really fabulous thing to do. And mm. you can't fault them for doing that if they can't find any sponsorship. This is the next best thing. And it's a really f- fantastic thing to see your club doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just a quick note on this before we finish up. Um, one of my friends who's a Derby fan did say, oh, well, you saw you saw that you saw that Derby were doing um, the NSPCC. And I said, well, it might well be that, that Forrest looked down the A52 and then Marinakis thought, how can I do that bigger? So, <laughs> so, but it's really great, actually, you know, all joking and rivalry aside, it's great to see that the, the two kind of clubs most local to us that if they can't get commercial sponsors, they're using that for a good cause. And I say that I think that's something that we should all be proud of. Um, and let's not poke fun at each other for it. It's something that we should be really proud that clubs in the East Midlands are doing this kind of work. Um, so thank you very much. We're going to finish it there. George, thank you very much for stepping in and giving us your views on the game. Uh, where can we find you and your writing? So on Twitter, uh, if you go to at the famous club, you can find all my articles there. My handle is there as well at George underscore journo. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you search the famous club into Google, we'll pop up as well. Thank you very much as well for having me. No, thank you, George. And yes, what I will say is uh, uh, obviously we provide a podcast. We provide something for you to listen to. If you want to read something, I strongly recommend The Famous Club. Um, they they are amongst the best in the game. And that's not just because you're sat there talking to me right now, George. So so thank you very much. It finished 4-1 to Forest. We're into the next round of the Carabao Cup. We will be back after the Man United match with a review of the game and uh, wishing you a very Merry Christmas in the meantime.
Social Podcast Network.